Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Friday, December 22nd. Today we delve into the urgent need for answers on AI consciousness and the science events to watch for in 2024. Plus, we'll discuss the expected 9% decline in ecosystem benefits to humanity by 2100 and why 2023 was a bittersweet year for Brazilian science. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. Artificial intelligence is advancing at an unprecedented pace, but a group of scientists is expressing concern about an area that's been largely overlooked, the potential for AI to develop consciousness. Charlotte, can you shed some light on this? Certainly, Diego. The Association for Mathematical Consciousness Science, or AMCS, has recently voiced concerns about the lack of research into whether AI systems could become conscious. They argue that understanding the boundaries between conscious and unconscious systems is crucial for ethical, legal, and safety reasons. For instance, if an AI system were to develop consciousness, would it be ethical to simply switch it off? That's a fascinating question, and it seems like this issue hasn't been a major part of the AI safety conversation so far. That's correct. High-profile events like the AI Safety Summit in the UK and even President Biden's executive order on responsible AI development have largely sidestepped the issue of conscious AI. Jonathan Mason, a board member of AMCS, points out that as AI progresses, other areas of science, including consciousness research, need to catch up. So what are the potential implications if AI systems were to develop consciousness? Well, there are a number of considerations. First, we would need to evaluate whether conscious AI systems share human values and interests. If they don't, they could pose a risk to people. Second, we would need to consider the possible needs of conscious AI systems. Could they suffer? If we fail to recognize a conscious AI system, we might inflict pain on a conscious entity. Conversely, wrongly attributing consciousness could lead us to expend resources protecting systems that don't need protection. There are also legal questions. Should a conscious AI system be held accountable for deliberate acts of wrongdoing? Should it have the same rights as people? It's clear that these are complex and important questions. What's being done to address them? The AMCS is calling for more funding for research on AI consciousness. They argue that even a small amount of funding could significantly advance the field. For example, a group of researchers has already developed a checklist of criteria to assess whether a system has a high chance of being conscious but there's still a long way to go, and the AMCS is urging governments and the private sector to support this crucial research. It's certainly a topic that warrants further exploration. Thanks for your insights, Charlotte. Now, there's a lot to look forward to in the world of science and technology in the coming years. From AI advancements, to ambitious space missions, and even the fight against climate change. Charlotte, can you give us a rundown of what we can expect? Absolutely, Diego. On the AI front, we're expecting the release of GPT-5 from OpenAI, which is likely to have even more advanced capabilities than its predecessor. Google is also rolling out Gemini, its competitor to GPT-4. Meanwhile, Google DeepMind is set to release a new version of its AI tool AlphaFold, which can predict the 3D shapes of proteins with high accuracy. This could open up new possibilities in drug design and discovery. That's fascinating. And what about in the field of astronomy? There's a lot happening there, too. The Vera C. Rubin Observatory in Chile is scheduled to begin operating some of its instruments in 2024. With its 8.4-meter telescope and giant 3,200-megapixel camera, scientists are hoping to discover many new transient phenomena and near-Earth asteroids. 
Also in Chile, the Simons Observatory will be complete in mid-2024. This next-generation cosmology experiment will look for signatures of primordial gravitational waves in the cosmic microwave background. What about the issue of satellite constellations polluting the night sky with light? Is that still a concern? Yes, it is. Astronomers are worried that the increasing number of bright satellite constellations could render new ground-based telescope data unusable, so it's a significant issue that needs addressing. Moving on to health and medicine, what are some of the developments we can expect there? The World Mosquito Program is set to start producing disease-fighting mosquitoes at a factory in Brazil next year. These mosquitoes are infected with a bacterial strain that prevents them from transmitting pathogenic viruses, potentially protecting up to 70 million people from diseases such as dengue and Zika. As for COVID-19, the U.S. government is funding trials of three next-generation vaccines, two of which are intranasal vaccines. The third, an mRNA vaccine, promises to provide long-lasting immunity against a broad range of SARS-CoV-2 variants. And what about the moon missions? I understand there are some exciting plans in the works. Indeed, there are. For the first time since the 1970s, NASA is launching a crewed lunar mission. Artemis II could launch as soon as next November and will carry four astronauts for a 10-day flyby around the moon. This will lay the groundwork for the subsequent Artemis III mission, which will land the first woman and next man on the moon. China is also preparing to launch its Chang'e 6 lunar sample return mission in 2024. That's a lot to look forward to. Thanks for the rundown, Charlotte. Now, in a related note, climate change continues to reshape our world in ways we're only beginning to understand. A recent study led by scientists at the University of California, Davis, and Scripps Institution of Oceanography at UC San Diego suggests that by 2100, we might see a 9% loss of ecosystem services. Charlotte, could you explain what this means and why it's significant? Absolutely, Diego. The term ecosystem services refers to the benefits that humanity derives from the natural world. This includes breathable air, clean water, healthy forests, and biodiversity. These elements contribute to our well-being in ways that are often difficult to quantify, but they're incredibly valuable. This concept is often referred to as natural capital. So, this study is suggesting that as climate change continues to impact our ecosystems, we're going to see a decrease in these benefits. That's correct. The study's lead author, Bernardo Bastian Olvera, frames it as a question of what we lose when we lose an ecosystem. And the losses aren't just ecological, they're economic as well. The study found that by 2100, changes to vegetation, rainfall patterns, and higher CO2 levels could result in an average 1.3% reduction in GDP across all the countries analyzed. But the impact isn't evenly distributed. The world's poorest 50% of countries and regions are expected to bear 90% of the GDP damages. That's a stark inequality. Why is the impact so much greater on lower-income countries? Lower-income countries tend to rely more heavily on natural resources for their economic production, and a larger fraction of their wealth is in the form of natural capital. So when natural capital decreases, their economies suffer disproportionately. The study's findings underscore the importance of creating climate policies that take into account the particular values each country derives from its natural systems. It's clear that the economic and ecological impacts of climate change are deeply intertwined. Thanks for your insights, Charlotte. Now, shifting our focus to Brazil, the scientific community there has been facing a crisis. Luiz Eduardo Del Bem, an evolutionary biologist, was so concerned about the state of science in his home country that he considered leaving permanently. Charlotte, can you tell us more about the challenges facing Brazilian scientists? Certainly, Diego. 
Delbem's concerns were rooted in the damaging effects of budget cuts and a hostile environment towards science under the government of Jair Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro's administration was accused of persecuting scientific research in academia and even fired the director of the National Institute for Space Research after he backed findings that deforestation in the Amazon was increasing. This hostile environment led to many scientists considering leaving Brazil for more supportive climates. But there's been a change in leadership in Brazil, hasn't there? How has that impacted the scientific community? Yes, Bolsonaro was replaced by left-wing candidate Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, widely known as Lula. This change has brought a sense of cautious optimism to the scientific community. There are signs of hope, such as a 40% rise in graduate grants and a change in tone towards science from the government. However, there are still significant challenges, such as disrepair in university buildings and unfavorable currency exchange rates that make equipment purchases expensive. It sounds like a mixed bag. Are there any specific actions the new government is taking to support science? There are a few key actions. The government has unlocked resources from the National Fund for Scientific and Technological Development, increased the value of grants, and is making efforts to fill positions in public research institutions that had often been left empty. However, these actions are just the start, and the government will need to do much more to fully restore confidence in science and higher education in Brazil. It's clear that the situation is complex. Thanks for shedding light on this, Charlotte. Now, as we wrap up our stories for today, we appreciate you listening to Current Radio and look forward to having you back here tomorrow.